0: You are listening to Rabbi Arya Woolby of Torch in Houston, Texas. This is the Parsha Review Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Parsha Review Podcast. We are going to do a little Parsha focus. Our Parsha this week, Parshas Vayeshev. Parshas Vayeshev is filled like all of the portions of the Torah with a lot going on, a lot to learn from, a lot to grow from, a lot to connect with. But I want to focus our attention on one specific area that we see multiple times in this week's Parsha. We see that Yehuda had two sons, Er and Onan. Er was married to a beautiful woman named Tamar. And as the Torah tells us, without missing even one word, the Torah tells us exactly what happens with Er and Onan and he sees what we see in the in the parsha what the parsha tells us is that er looks at his wife he says she is so beautiful i don't want her to become pregnant because she become pregnant she may it may compromise some of her looks and that wouldn't be a good thing so instead of being with her when he should he spilled his seed The Torah tells us that he spilled it on the ground. Hashem didn't like it. So Hashem killed him. Now, this is where we learn the mitzvah of Yibum, which is the Leveret wife, the Leveret marriage, where the brother marries the wife of his deceased brother and will revive his home. So now Onan, the younger brother, is with Tamar and the same thing the same exact thing and again Hashem takes his life and then the Torah tells us how she goes and you know later on she's with Yehuda her her father-in-law there was a prophecy that she was going to be the mother of 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 King David okay that's story number 1 story number 2 we see that Joseph was sold down to Egypt. The brothers weren't happy with, the, with, with Joseph and his dreams, remember from last week's Torah portion. So what do they do? They sell him down to Egypt. And he becomes very prominent in the house of Potiphar. And the wife of Potiphar likes this young Jewish boy who gets things done, charismatic, good-looking, and she wants to be with him. What does Joseph do? When she tries to seduce him, he refuses. He refuses. And this is, by the way, one of the greatest acts that we can see of resilience, of perseverance, of standing up for what you know is right, and pushing away what you know is bad. So I wanted to give a minute of focus on this. The Torah tells us very clearly here that one of the gravest and worst sins a person can do is to waste the power that God gives them. God gives every man the power to procreate. Wasting that power, spilling that seed, is one of the worst sins in the eyes of God. I'm giving you potential and you're wasting that potential? And therefore, there's such a severe punishment from the Almighty. Joseph, on the other hand, was very, very righteous. Joseph says, this is not the proper way things are done. And therefore, I'm not going to do this. So I want to share with you a story before we get further into this. I heard this from a rabbi who was in the room when this happened. So rabbi was traveling to Israel with a businessman, they were traveling together. So the rabbi and a student, the businessman, was very, very successful. They, they went on a spiritual trip together to Israel. In the process of their trip, they're going to many rabbis and they're talking to many people and getting blessings, et cetera, et cetera. So they were in the room with a great, great Kabbalist, very powerful, uh, the, the Kabbalist, sees things that most of us can't see with our just our simple eyes. So this wealthy businessman asks the rabbi, he says, you know, I have a little issue. He says, I've had over the past little while many, many business deals that have fallen through for no reason at all. I'm there at the closing table, and they come out with the papers. They say, you know what? We just got a phone call. Someone cashed, da, 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 deal's fell apart. The next deal fell apart. Next deal fell apart. It's like, what's going on? So the rabbi says, the Kabbalist says, are you sure you want the rabbi here with you before I tell you? He says, yeah, no problem, no problem. He says, let me tell you why you're not being successful with these deals. He says, because you're wasting seed. Shock. Shock. He says, Do you know what happens? He says, that that you could have created is created, but it's wasted. Do you know what happens in the spiritual realms? In the spiritual realms, those potential nishamas stand at the gate of parnassa of livelihood. And they say, before you give livelihood to that man who created us, you have to give livelihood to us that we've been wasted. And they stand as a barrier and don't allow livelihood to go to that individual. And the, the kabbalist said, this must stop if you want to succeed. You're creating a barrier that doesn't allow success to flow. So this is a very, very important thing that every single man must take attention and focus, and responsibility to understand that this is a very, very powerful responsibility. A very powerful tool that the Almighty has given us to create, and not to destroy, and definitely not to waste. Okay, so what does a woman have to do with this? What does a woman have to do with this? Well, if a a woman needs to understand her responsibility in not poking out the eyes of other men, a woman needs to be careful with her own modesty so that no one but her husband has any wrong ideas. My husband, that's my responsibility. Someone else's husband, definitely not my responsibility. And that's something that every woman should think about. Yes, I want to look pretty for my husband. But what will my neighbor's husband think when he sees me? This is a real thing. It's a real responsibility that every man has and every woman has. And everyone can say, well, he should be mature. He should be an adult. Look at the world around us. Look at how many scandals you have. Don't we ever think like, you know, the last five governors of the state of New York left office because of an affair in middle of their term. The last five governors of the state of New York and many, many others. You know, these are people who have great responsibility, hopeful. Hopefully, they're people who are quite intelligent. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? This is, this is the, the, the... It has to be a deliberate focus for each person to realize... I don't want to fall into this trap on either side of the coin to protect our holiness, to protect our spiritual status and not allow ourselves to, God forbid, fall into temptation, to fall into a place of casual, eh, everything goes, But to realize that if we want to connect spiritually, if we want to be holy, we have to protect ourselves. We have to create a mechanism that doesn't allow us to fall into a trap. And in this week's Parsha, we see the awesome responsibility that every young man, older man, and there's no, by the way, in in Judaism, there's no man who's trusted with a woman who he's not married to. Really? You're kidding me? A 95-year-old man with a 16-year-old girl? Sick? What's wrong with you? Yes, the Torah doesn't trust him either. And anywhere in between, it doesn't make a difference. If it's not your wife, you're not trusted. Nobody is. Oh, a big rabbi, it doesn't make a difference. You're suspecting them? Yes, we're suspecting them. That's why we have the laws of Yichud, the laws of solitude. You can't be alone. You can't be alone in a room with someone you're not married to of the opposite gender because the Torah understands that there's no there's no limit to a person's desire and temptation. This is a real thing. We're living in a real world. And this is a real challenge that every person must Address in their own lives? How am I going to be less contributing towards other people? I'll tell you, I heard once a lecture, this is probably going 25 years ago. I heard a lecture from one of the leading Torah scholars in America, and he was talking to a group of about 800 women. He says, Women, I am begging you, you have to tone down your dress the way in which you dress. He says, I lead a yeshiva. Many, many students, many, many rabbis, they come to me with their issues. They come to me with their problems. He says, women, you're causing problems to other men. You must tone it down. Good, you want to be beautiful. You're obligated to be beautiful for your husband, but not for your neighbor's husband. Tone it down. That's point number one. Point number two is that it is an obligation for every single person to protect themselves spiritually, to create a mechanism of defense for their spirituality. We have to create that for ourselves. We need to guard our eyes. As we say in the Shema every day, the eyes are the doors to our temptation and desires. In the last paragraph of the Shema that we recite every single day, we say, And do not explore after your heart and after your eyes, which you sinfully follow. That's the reality. We go to a mall. What do you think you're going to see? You're going to see modesty? You go, there. what do people think? But people don't think. Which is what the Torah guides us. To take a precautionary measure. You're going someplace. How are you protecting your own spirituality? Your eyes are going to be wandering. And that's not going to bring you good things. We need to protect ourselves. By the way, you don't have to go to a mall. Any computer, any smartphone has access to the entire planet, to the entire cyber world of amazing things and terrible things. If we don't have a measure to protect ourselves, if we don't have a mechanism to protect ourselves, we can fall prey to temptation as well. So if there's something that we can take out of this week's Parsha, we can take an example from Yosef. Yosef doesn't say, look, I'm going to be a gentleman and I'm just going to be, no, no, no. He runs. She grabs him, tries to grab his clothes. He leaves his clothes in her hands and he even sits in prison for 12 years, for 12 years. For what? What did I do wrong? It's worth it to protect my own spirituality, to not allow myself to fall to a situation where now my spirituality is void and null. This is a responsibility that each and one of us, each and every one of us, has when we go about our lives. And if we can instill this in our children, that our children should understand that they are responsible for their own spirituality, for our own physical well-being, our own spiritual well-being, that we need to guard ourselves and figure out a way, a, a mechanism to protect our spirituality. Aaron Onan fell into this trap, and they were punished severely. Joseph didn't fall into this trap. Joseph ran for the hills. And was willing to be put into prison and not allow himself to fall spiritually. What are we willing to give up to maintain our spirituality? I'll tell you that every year at the uh, Super Bowl, so we generally tell our children, invite your friends and we'll do a Super Bowl party at our house. And we watch the game. But at the halftime, When it's the immorality on display, we close the broadcast, we all go run to the shul, which is right across the street, and we all go learn for a half hour. Protect yourself. That's that's what we're trying to do for ourselves, but also teach our children. We are responsible for our own selves. No one's going to take care of us for us. If it's not important enough for us, it's not important for anyone else. This is our responsibility. This is our duty. So Hashem should bless us all. Hashem should protect us all. That wherever we go, wherever it may be, we should always have the ability to stand upright for what is spiritually protecting us. Not allow ourselves to get carried away with desires, with urges, but to keep ourselves in our core. We all want to be holy. Hashem should help us always protect our holiness. And Hashem should give us a really, really beautiful Shabbos. Amen.